0: Your Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your semi-daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network of shows, which you all should be very familiar with by now. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, from jaysfromthecouch.com, back for another day of Blue Jays Talk. Um, it's It's been harder to find them lately. It's been a very difficult past week. I don't know if y'all have been following me on Twitter, at NeoAC18, but you may have noticed A reaction picture to the trade of James Paxton to the Yankees that was of the Kitty co-host, Jasmine, looking even more grumpy than usual in a cone. The reason she's in the cone is because she just had eye surgery this week, so that was fun driving six hours, some of it in a blizzard, because Canadian geography is weird. And, yeah, it, it was it was difficult, and still trying to maintain a regimen of eye drops to make sure the eye surgery heals up, but for now, she's sleeping peacefully in the studio. So, thank you all for the well wishes on Twitter for her, and a happy Thanksgiving to all the American viewers and listeners. Viewers, I mean, you can watch, listen to this on TV, I guess. But... No, happy Thanksgiving. I know everyone's enjoying the NFL right now. I've had some miserable luck in fantasy football this year, so I'm I'm, eh, I'm not really feeling it. So that's why I'm on here to talk to you people. And we have plenty to talk about in the time since the last podcast. There are new members of the 40 man roster, there are new members of the coaching staff, and we are going to discuss all of them as well as where some. Familiar-ish names from last year where they have ended up. A couple of them have found new homes, so they won't be rejoining the Blue Jays organization, which probably for the best, given some of the names. But obviously we have to begin with the biggest news since our last episode, and that was the trade of a ledmus Diaz. Now, I wrote about this on JaysFromTheCouch.com, giving a brief treatment of it, so you may already know what I think about this trade in which the Blue Jays sent Aledmus Diaz to Houston in exchange for starting pitcher Trent Thornton, and it's it's a move that really works out well for both sides, as I explained in the article. For the Blue Jays, they had a logjam at shortstop. They're going to continue to have a logjam at shortstop now that Troy Tulowitzki says he's healthy enough to play. We'll be the judge of that. But with Tulowitzki back, with Lourdes Gurriel coming off the season that he had, and with Brandon Drury coming back as well, there were a lot of infielders and not nearly enough playing time for all of them, especially with the big bat scheduled to come up in mid- mid-April in Vlad Guerrero Jr. So there was room to move someone, and Ole Miss Diaz was the one chosen. He had a good season. It was a good bounce-back campaign for Aledmas Diaz, which is exactly what he was looking for coming off a 2017 campaign where he was displaced by Paul De Jong. Um, Diaz had 18 home runs. He, uh, he proved he was more than capable of playing shortstop and third base as well when needed. And for an Astros side that is going to lose Marwin Gonzalez to free agency, since they're, they're not looking at bringing him back from the looks of it. They aren't looking at bringing back Evan Gattis. So there were openings there, especially for guys with power bats who can play multiple positions. So what Diaz brings the Astros is the ability to have cover for Alex Bregman, have cover for Carlos Correa, even have cover for Jose Altuve, which given some of the injury issues that popped up with Houston during the season, with Altuve hitting the disabled list for the first time, with Correa having issues, Diaz gives them a bat that they can plug in, like Gonzalez, and still get like a 260 average, get that 20 home run power potentially, get a guy who won't take away from the fearsomeness of that lineup. Now, in what they gave up to get that comfort on the bench they sent trent thornton who's an interesting starting pitching prospect for the blue jays as i detailed on jays from the couch i'm gonna keep plugging jays from the couch because why wouldn't i (laughs) gotta gotta make my bread um trent thornton is a former fifth round pick in the 2014 draft he he's out of north carolina Didn't play at the same time as Logan Warma, so just have to check that. But Thornton is a guy who kind of fits the mold of what the Blue Jays have been looking for in their pitchers, in that he's a a guy whose stuff projects either as a starter or as a reliever. I noted this when when doing the article. He served primarily as a starter. He was a starter in Fresno this season for Houston, where he was a teammate of former Blue Jays Flash in the Pan Mike Hothschild. So Thornton has displayed a astounding repertoire of pitches. He's a five pitch pitcher, which is huge in this era of baseball, where deception is is the name of the game for a lot of pitchers if you don't have a 95 mile an hour fastball which Thornton's tops out around the low 90s 92 93 so it's not terrible but when you don't have the speed to blow guys away you need to be able to fool with timing and and get them to chase things and Thornton's vast arsenal of pitches will help him with that. He has a slow curve ball that is compared very favorably to Colin McHugh. He has a cutter that he will run in on lefty bats, which, you know, helps in those matchups. He does have a slider. And he does have a changeup. Those two pitches aren't as effective as his first three. But the fact that he has so many could help him again put him into the mix for that rotation spot. We've said that the fifth spot is kinda up for grabs, depending on what the Blue Jays do in the offseason. It's it's looking like Jay Hap won't be back with the club. I know. Shock. And Hyunjin Ryu accepted his qualifying offer with LA. So the Blue Jays could very easily go internal and have that kind of battle for that fifth rotation spot between the likes of Thomas Pannone and David Polino, Hector Perez, Patrick Murphy, and now Trent Thornton. And I I really like this move in in creating a bit more flexibility for the Blue Jays. You could see how quickly they ran through pitchers last year and kept having to churn through them to the point where they were losing pitchers they might have wanted to keep. Carlos Ramirez comes to mind in that regard, Jose Fernandez who just got claimed by Detroit. By getting a guy like Thornton, who was going to be needed to be protected in the Rule 5 draft anyway, he was Houston's number 24 prospect, and they were not putting him on the roster, so by acquiring a guy like Thornton, they can just kind of stash in there, even if he doesn't make the team out of spring training, that's a solid starter in Buffalo. He's a guy who had... uh, a 4.42 ERA last season in Fresno, and that that's in a terrible league to pitch in. The PCL is murder on pitchers, so having a guy like Thornton come in and potentially bounce back and forth if a spot start is needed, it it just adds to the Blue Jays' roster flexibility in a way that other more successful teams have been able to use that. So it's a pretty smart pickup, and he was a reliever in the Arizona Fall League this year. So. He might project into the bullpen. He had a 4.02 ERA, had 20, 20 strikeouts in 15 and two-thirds innings. So he's got strikeout stuff. So he could play as a reliever too. Just a very interesting, versatile prospect that the Blue Jays got. And I'll be interested to see how Thornton comes into spring training knowing he has a shot at making the team now that he's on the 40-man roster. We will talk about the other new members of the Blue Jays' 40-man roster right after these messages from our sponsor. All right, so as we mentioned, Trent Thornton was added onto the 40 man roster. He is necessary to be added onto there because of Rule 5 drafts coming up. So, when the Blue Jays designated a lot of the pitchers that we talked about in the last episode, there was a lot of room cleared up and there were many names who could fill those slots. And in the end, the Blue Jays picked four other names to protect. And We'll, we'll start from the top. We'll start with uh, a guy who we've been talking up in this space, Patrick Murphy. Murphy was a pick out of high school who had a, had some arm issues coming out of the draft. That's why he fell where he did to the Blue Jays. And what Murphy has been able to do in his time with Tor- the Toronto organization is established himself as another potential arm who could look to crack that rotation at a time when the Blue Jays are going to be looking to compete. He's a former third round pick. He's started almost his entire career. And last season in Dunedin, he did very well. 10 and 5 record, 264 ERA, um in 146 innings. So he's already got his arms stretched out. He made a brief appearance in New Hampshire this season. Which was all right. Two earned runs allowed in six innings. Solid start. Take that every time. 135 strikeouts last season against 50 walks. So his ratio is well in line. Whips about 1.2, which, again, that will play as a starter. Obviously, you go up a little bit as he progresses. But Murphy's guy who keeps the ball in the park. He's only given up 13 home runs in his career. That's astonishing in this day and age. Now, will that go up as he progresses? Obviously, but the fact that he can keep fly balls in the park will play very well in the Rogers centers, why they have such high hopes for him, and he will more than likely be in New Hampshire to start of the season, but he could easily, you know, make a push up to Buffalo, depending on how that rotation shakes out, and be a long shot to maybe pick up a September start for the Blue Jays since he's been added on. Um, Yancy Diaz is another popular name who was highly tipped uh, heading into, you know, the silly season. Another starter. He's a 22 year old from the Dominican Republic. Also had a really good season last year. He split it between Dunedin and Lansing. 2.08 ERA in Lansing, bumped up a little bit, 3.52 in Dunedin. And ag- again, this is the Blue Jays trying to rectify the problems that they had last season. Now, Diaz doesn't have the repertoire of a Trent Thornton type, but he's really young and again, pitching that well at at single A levels at the age of 21 cuz he just turned 22 like a week ago. So, being able to pitch at that level at that young age, it it he's the t- he's definitely the type of arm who you look to protect cuz He's the type of arm that a lot of teams would just bury for a year just for the chance to kind of hold on to him. And Diaz has a really good fastball and a really good slider. And as we've seen from the likes of Ken Giles, if you can master those two pitches, you are going to have some success at the major league level. Don't know if he makes a jump to New Hampshire next season, could very easily go back to Dunedin, then probably make a push just to make sure, you know, he's... Maintained what he was able to do last year, but Diaz is another solid arm to keep, as is Hector Perez, another former Astro's arm who was added on this this was gonna happen like since uh he was acquired in the trade for the garbage person um he just hit double a this year he he's just turned twenty two another young arm, much like diaz but that fastball of his is very tantalizing. It's why he was so attractive for the Blue Jays to pick up in that deal. I, again, whether he remains a starter or not, they, they kind of shifted him away to it from it as more of a swingman last year. Only pitched 115 innings across Houston and Toronto's um, minor league affiliates. Was up a little bit when he went to New Hampshire. So that could be worth monitoring for him. And he could be another one of those arms that we talked about. A a former starter who might be looking to transition into the pen. Might be more useful as a bullpen arm for this team. So, again, it it was not a surprise for Perez to come on there. So... But I don't think we have to talk much about him. The one we probably have to talk about the most is Jacob Weigspach, who when um Jeff Quatracioki was was doing his projections at JaysFromTheCouch.com, Weigspach wasn't anywhere close to the roster. He's kind of an afterthought, really. He was the arm acquired in the deal that sent Aaron Loop to Philadelphia. And while Weigspach was just kind of thought of as just like another arm kind of guy, just someone who would be in the organization, just for the ability to, you know, have have a guy in there filling out the AAA roster. When he came over, YXPOC was more impressive, I think, than a lot of people were expecting from a guy who was traded for an Aaron Loop. I mean, we're, we're not going to Get into the argument of how how much fans should have been appreciative for of what Aaron Loop actually did while he was in Toronto, but uh, Wagsbach, who was you know a late pickup, he's he's another one of these grinder types. He was a thirty seventh round pick in the twenty twelve draft, but he worked himself up and got himself in in buffalo wasn't wasn't great ERA wise 5.03 ERA but he showed enough there that again he's going to be one of those arms that could potentially shuttle back and forth if the blue jays need guys to come in and replenish a bullpen or you know come come in for like 3 or 4 innings charlie montoyo did come from that rays system i don't know if they're going to start really experimenting with that opener concept but a guy like wagspock who could benefit from maybe seeing the lower half of a lineup first could play into that kind of strategy and again when jeff q was looking at him his fielding independent pitching was good his he had average strikeout to walk rates which you know was fine for like a back end arm kind of guy and he generates grounders, which is something the Blue Jays have been very conscious of in trying to get their pitchers and playing in that kind of, you know, hitter-friendly park at Rogers Center. You want guys who can keep it on the ground, and Wagspot can do that. So they'll probably give him a look and see what he can do. At, at the very least, he'll be back in Buffalo, but they might give him a look you know, in May or June if the if there are some injuries that pop up and you know we'll see how quickly Wags Pack does to erase the legacy of Aaron Loop so uh, some names that weren't protected Travis Bergen one of the big surprises all all five pitchers were righties Bergen was thought of maybe as the lefty who who could be put on the roster but i i think the blue jays are banking that he didn't entice enough arms to think that he could last a major league season in the bullpen, so Bergen was left off. Jordan Romano's probably more surprising because Romano—he's a Canadian guy. He's from Markham. He was really good at AA New Hampshire last year, part of that championship-winning team. Um, left off yet? You know, it was a good season for him, and. You know, you you wonder how enticing he would be as like a you know, a pick from the back end. Those are the kind of guys who get drafted in Rule 5 drafts. And you compared Jordan Romano to Joe Biagini in that regard. And you could easily see Romano leaving the organization. So, it, it was surprising that Wagspock was protected as opposed to Romano. But if you you know, if you read Fangraphs a while ago, Carson Sistuli who just joined the Blue Jays as a scout, another one of the additions, was a big wags person. So he might have pushed for inclusion there. He might have figured wags would be attractive to a Tampa Bay team or a Cincinnati or Baltimore a team looking to just get arms that could potentially eat those three, four middle innings that they're looking for. So I can see that. And given Romano's Been a starter most of his career, he might not be ready to make that transition. So they might give him another shot if he stays in the organization to come in under that mentality and maybe prove he can, you know, be that kind of guy who goes into the middle. We're really going into the openers now, I guess. So we will we work on closing things with a look at again a new member of the staff and some departures right after this break from our sponsors. All right, so we will wrap up with, again, the talk of the new member of the Toronto Blue Jays staff. They do have a new hitting coach now. His name is Guillermo Martinez. Martinez was the roving hitting instructor for the Blue Jays last season. He is a former uh, shortstop, but he did not get close to the major leagues. Topped out at... uh, High A with Florida in 2008, played some indie League ball before transitioning as a hitting coach. Now, Martinez is very young. He's only 34 years old, so he will be talking to players who are older than him, but uh, Martinez is familiar with the organization. He seems to be more in tune with what the Blue Jays are trying to create in their in their minor league system. At, at approach that they're trying to bring through the organization—it's worked for the likes of Kevin Biggio and Bo Bichette and you know Rowdy Tellez. So having him up and and having another another player who's you know been around, who can read the clubhouse a bit—I I'm I'm fine with this hire by the Blue Jays. I will see how. Quickly, Martinez is able to get the veterans to buy into his approach. Probably won't matter with all the young kids coming up. But seems like a a solid addition to the staff. Learned that Luis Rivera will be back. Pete Walker will be back. So that just leaves the first base coach opening. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Who might be able to come in and give a little more insight. The other thing with Martinez is with Dave Hudgens there. They don't need, like an alpha hitting coach, too. They need a guy who can help, you know, kind of make adjustments like that, and because Martinez is familiar with the organization, makes sense. So that Hudgens-Martinez combo should be able to do enough for the Blue Jays. Now, I said we would quickly go through some departures, just to live up to the name of this podcast episode. Just hitting on some former Blue Jays who have gone elsewhere, starting with, Gio Urshela, Toronto's first Colombian player at the MLB level. He is going to the Yankees on a minor league deal, much less heralded acquisition than the other guy who they signed, who I wish was a Blue Jay and wish they did not have to face five times a year because they'll probably get no hit twice of those. So Urshela joins the Yankees, so they'll probably see him in Scranton-Wilkes-Barre, I think, is there. A affiliate? Whatever. Um, forgotten. As is Preston Gilmet, signed to a minor league deal by the Twins. No one is sad that Gilmet will not be coming back. I, I think he gave up more home runs than he got out. I, I do not have his stats directly in front of me, but am I wrong? Do Do we know how wrong <laughs> I am there? It, it just was not a productive Blue Jays situation for Preston Gilmet. So no, no hard feelings lost there. And finally, the aforementioned Mike Hosschild, second Mike Husschild reference of the episode. He goes to St. Louis on a minor league deal, likely be hanging out in Memphis for them, serving as just kind of utility arm there. I, I don't know if he'd get back up to the major leagues, but he'll always have that one night in Seattle. And for that, we thank him. So, yeah, that brings us to the end of this episode of Locked on Blue Jays. Try to be back at you tomorrow with the fan Friday edition. Going to put up a poll tonight to see what you people think about certain things. So be on the lookout for that. Check it out at locked on Jays. That's the official Twitter for this podcast, also on Instagram too. So if you're on on Instagram, check it out there. Follow me on Twitter at NeoAC18. That's NeoAC18. And, you know, like I said, I'll put that poll up and we'll we'll try and have some fun talking about it while the snow comes down. Because, you know, winter's here and it's long and baseball's only been gone for three weeks and I still miss it. So I'd be happy to relive some summer memories with y'all. So be on the lookout for that. Check out all the fine coverage at jaysfromthecouch.com getting you ready for any moves that the Blue Jays might make, any moves that you think they might make, which we might talk about a little bit. But anyway, thank you for listening to today's episode and for everyone here the as part of the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Jays. I've been Ryan Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.